From the Far East to the Great West, the podcast that celebrates the red-headed stepchild of the Kung Fu genre, Bruce Broitation. Welcome to the Clones Cast. Here are your hosts, Michael and Matthew. Welcome to the Clones Cast. This episode, we're talking about the 1978 Enter the Fat Dragon, starring and directed by the unsung hero of Kung Fu Cinema, Sammo Hung. Well, I can't go. What about the pigs? Don't you worry about the pigs. They'll take care of themselves. Though the name alludes Enter the Dragon, this film more closely parodies Way of the Dragon and maybe even the big boss. Um, Ah Lung, the Bruce character, is a pig farmer sent away by his father or somebody to work at his uncle's restaurant in the city. Thugs show up and Ah Lung must fight for his family and his friends. Keep in mind, this is also a parody on the Bruce exploitation genre by a man who I truly feel loved, Bruce Lee. So, Michael... When did you first see Enter the Fat Dragon? Enter the Fat Dragon. I saw Enter the Fat Dragon actually in San Francisco at the Great Star Theater, which is a fairly old. I think we mentioned this before because it was one of two Chinese uh, theaters that I would get to see some of these films. And it was funny because I had gone to see I can't remember which one it was. I want to say it was the dragon, the hero. And while I was when I was leaving the theater, they had already a poster up for Enter the Fat Dragon. And I, you know, even though I'd seen Enter the Dragon, I didn't realize that Sammo was <laughs> in Enter the Dragon in the beginning. So I just was like, oh man, this this looks ridiculous. But I went back the next week and uh, and I saw it. So that was the first time I got to see it. Yeah, he's pretty damn lovable, isn't he? Yeah, he knows how to sell it, man. <laughs> and that's part of his talent for sure. Yeah, and you know, they, this, it, we'll get to the, the kind of the rundown, but I'll say this movie is, chock full of fat jokes as it would be because it's called enter the fat dragon we want to make fun of fat people but Samo isn't really fat he's just a big dude and yeah it's, it's funny he got fatter as he got older <laughs> so this is like kind of now when you look at him and then you look at this you're like oh he's kind of thin back then <laughs> right yeah maybe that's what it is and if you look at him and enter the dragon i mean he didn't i mean i've heard people make jokes about him you know he's got his shirt off and he's fighting bruce lee in the beginning and you got bruce who was perfect and you got Samo, who isn't. It perfect. could not have been worse. You stick both <laughs> of those guys in speedos and right. fight in the opening of uh, you know Enter the Dragon, and you're just you know that's yeah. it. But he looked formidable, and you know he did a pretty good job until he had to tap out. Well, he had an interesting relationship with Bruce. You know, I mean, he he um, you know, and and like you, you were talking about, it reflects in this movie because he. Uh, uh, even though there may have been a, a slight love-hate thing there, but I think it was mostly respect, you know, and that's why when he made this movie, you can you can tell that outs, 
it sort of sticks, even though we consider it Bruceploitation in a way, it's like you were saying, more of an homage to Bruce Lee and more of a fan movie about him, you know, because it's, it's, it's making jokes of, and, you know, we can talk about it later, but that, that, you know, making jokes of the imitators. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, so this starts out in a really funny way. He's a pig farmer. It's a great opening sequence because somebody comes up to the stand of his relative and says no this meat looks like hell this pork looks like hell like it looks like it's rotten and the guy was like what are you talking about she's like well it's all discolored and he's like well they you know the health department wouldn't let me sell this stuff if it were bad so you know whatever cut scene over to (laughs) samo or alung and they're just beating the shit out of some pigs while feeding them and stuff i was like i had no idea that that was where this was going i was really expecting kind of a rotten meat we're gonna have our initial fight about you know stuff and it was really a hilarious scene of him rolling over the pigs and he seemed to be in love with them it was pretty funny well and you you hit on a good point because i think one of the things that makes this film stand out and and you know it's i mean it's obviously got his roughness to it and 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 also being being uh you know westerners it's a little some of the humor and and the storylines are a little hard for us to follow sometimes but the one thing that he does, I think, really well, particularly in this film, and of course he got even more so with, with you know, later in his uh, career, but is he uses his editing and his juxtapositions really well. So, you know, there's this conversation about pigs and, and it's if you watch, I don't know which one you watched, if you watch the dub version or if you watch the Chinese version, but, you know, sometimes it's a little different with both. But then you get into the shot with him, like you said, and he's almost doing these Bruce Lee quotes and then he's around pigs, you know, and then that's the joke. Or when he's during the credit sequence, when he's having the fight scene, he comes down with that full on foot stomp and his foot goes through the boat, you know, so he he uses that a lot through the film. And I think that that's, um, you know, even, um, you know, he does that a bunch of times in the restaurant, you know, so it's 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 it's, it's, uh, you know, that kind of stands out, I think, for a lot of people with regarding, you know, Samuel being behind it rather just some hack trying to make this movie. Mm. Yeah, so he directed, he did all the action choreography and he starred in it. Um, well, about the pig stuff for a moment, I just wanted to throw out, it of course made me think of Rocky, but I'm sure it's been a familiar, like a, like a really common trope for years. Like, you know, somebody beating up the carcasses of animals in order to, you know, strengthen themselves. Well, maybe, you know, maybe there, but it wouldn't be, it would have been a best, you know, it does. That's an interesting point. I wonder if uh, Stallone pulled it out of there, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> I but yeah, you're right. Exactly. Well, the writer of this is a guy named Kwang Ni or yeah, Kwang Ni. Uh, he wrote 227 films and he <laughs> is credited with doing the uh, 36th chamber of Shaolin in the same year, 1978. Yeah, he, uh, his, um, I guess it was, it was about 78 when this came out. You're right, correct, yeah, that's right. That's insane. <laughs> I just thought about, like, okay, this guy, he was a machine for writing, and it was all kung fu movies. He just, yeah, I'm I mean, sure. well, he wrote, <laughs> he wrote um, The Dragon Lives, too, for Bruce Lai, right. that early, very, we haven't, we haven't seen it yet, or you haven't seen it yet, but right. it's, uh, you know, and he wrote The Chinatown Kid for, and no the Mighty Peking man for he did a lot of Shaw Brothers stuff, you know, like some of the like, I don't know if you've seen Executioners from Shaolin, which is just one of my favorites as a kid, but it's a pretty classic uh, Kung Fu movie. But yeah, so he's he's been around. All right. You have to remind me on that one. So um, 
yeah, it, 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 the boat thing. I thought that was funny too. Like he, this movie, it's a man in his own imagination, and he thinks he's as awesome as Bruce Lee. And what I think is really cool is typically it would almost be like they call me Bruce or something stupid like that, where he actually has no skills, but he's skilled as hell. Yeah, and not only is he he's skilled, but one of the things, and I, I think a lot of people that are are fans of of this movie or fans of Sammo will will notice, particularly if they're big Bruce Lee followers, is that he's also outside of those Bruce Lee and Dragon Lee and the rest of them. One thing that he does better than everybody is he's got these these minimal um, these like minimalistic. Uh, movements and techniques and sort of facial tics that Bruce Lee would do, or maybe it would only do, uh, had done a couple of times that he has down better than anybody. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you, you watch the other movies, there's the thumb in the nose, there's the tasting of the blood, there's the sort of like trembling face, you know, but if you watch Samo, he's got these little tiny ones down that you just Unless you kind of like if you know Bruce Lee pretty well, and you, particularly Way of the Dragon, like there's so much lifted from Way of the Dragon in this outside of the story, just from choreography to camera angles to just his his movement. Like in the very beginning, there's a, a sequence where he's fighting one of the guys in the, against the red backdrop as the credits are going up and it's being shot in a sort of a wide shot and he's moving in slow motion and he's doing this this back and forth footwork that and he's the the angle the shot the choreography is almost identical to a small piece that Lee does when he's fighting Chuck Norris but the way Samuel does it it's not just sort of like an exaggerated imitation he's really got the body mechanics down so i think that's one thing about him that that really stands out with a lot of the fans is that yeah he does probably almost the best imitation of bruce lee out of anybody (laughs) and it's great because everyone else tried to look so much like him and he doesn't care you know he's sambo um about that opening sequence i thought that was really neat so to for our listeners uh we talk about the pig beatings and he's getting sent away well, then the movie just shifts, and it's time for the intro. So that's awesome. And it is just this red background and different fighters coming up and, and fighting Sammo Hung. Um, looking at the list, I mean, I need to go through it again and much more slowly. But I guess Mars is there, and yep. Yong Bao is there, and who else? Uh, oh, there's all, I mean, we got a, a lot of guys in the opening credits. I mean, there's all yeah. kinds of various you know like you said various stuntmen from that you see all over the place and that <laughs> that opening you know and, and you're probably used to seeing this too from watching some of the older samurai films even like the lone wolf films they this sort of backdrop opening was really common with kung fu films and samurai films you know where the credits would play and we'd get to see our hero or our hero and our bad guy demonstrating their abilities against a backdrop very staged but, you know, it was just very common at that time. And spaghetti westerns would do it sometimes. You got it. Nothing to do with the movie. Just setting the stage for you. Getting you excited. It isn't just credits going up over other stuff. It's gunshots and, and samurai slashes. And, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I mean, this is so common from some of the, a lot of the uh, Shaw Brothers films to Thundering Mantis and, uh, you know, Invincible Kung Fu Legs, The Hot, Cool, and Vicious. They would all just, you know, start off this way. And Zatoichi, like we were talking about. Oh, yeah. My man, Mr. Zadoichi. <laughs> Did you notice in the credits, I don't know which, again, which version you saw, but there's a, the executive producer and it says underneath and it says lady producer. Oh, I love that. <laughs> so the lady producer popped up in the Chinese um, version of it, the subtitled version. Uh, in the English version, it didn't. 
but the English version is really odd. So we can talk about that. There are two versions out there on YouTube. If you try to buy this, it's, I think, $50 on Amazon from a third-party seller. So the film isn't generally available. So you go to YouTube, you watch it, you get two copies. Um, I was going to watch the uh, subtitled version, so I watched about 20-something minutes of it. And then I thought, well, let me just go check it out and I'll see what the overdub version's like. And I went and it was really true to the original subtitles. But then I wouldn't have continued it except it got a little weird. Like uh, at the point in the film where Alang is ruining the white car of the rich businessman, it switches over to French and the subtitles pop back up. And then it's, there's a little bit of French and there's German. And then it goes back to English. And it yeah, some somebody was trying to pull all these different sources together yeah. and make the, make the film. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, somebody had like a messed up copy, and they somehow managed to pull it together. So it's really weird that they just suddenly jumped to German, and the subtitles are there. Well, actually, at that car scene, the subtitles aren't even there. I had to go watch the subtitled version to find out what the excitement was about to come back to the overdub version to see if it ever turned back to English. It was really very sad. So. Hopefully, there's a, a real copy out there somewhere. Well, you know, it's it, that's the thing. We always talk about this. It's like the it's 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 hard to find. You know, I mean, it's like there's not too many. I I actually don't know. I have. I mean, I have a couple copies of this. There is a widescreen version on DVD that I have, um, but I don't think it's two, three, five. You know, which is the the, the way it was shot. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, I mean, you're right. It's this is, this is one that definitely needs to be uh, restored and. We need to get a Blu-ray release of or something. Well, I would suggest if you're uh, listening to this and you want to go watch it, uh, take the time to do the subtitled version. The trouble with the subtitled version is it's hard to read the subtitles some of the time. They're white. You know, sometimes they'll use yellow and it stands out on black or white. But they're white, so anytime there's a white background, it's very hard to read what's there. But in that same respect, it's there's always something awesome about like hearing the real voices and you know, hearing the real words, right? So that's cool. Yeah, I mean, of course, it's not their real voices. I mean, they're still dubbers, even though they're in Chinese. But it's uh, you're right. At least at least the translation can at times be, you know, be a little closer to what they were doing. OK, so I it's, figured like you always tell me it's a soundstage. But isn't it really Sammo Hung's voice? Not all the time. I mean, that's <laughs> no, it's not. I know, and it's and, and it's sometimes these guys will do it like in. Like in the Chinese version of Way of the Dragon, Bruce Lee wasn't doing his voice, but he was doing the voices of the Americans, you know, like the um, the uh, the the, in the or rather the Italians, I should say, that were like there's the black guy that was in yeah. uh, Chinese that, that, that's in the, Yeah, that's Bruce Lee's <laughs> voice, actually. It is so, not. Yeah, that's really him. <laughs> but it's not him doing his voice no, in yeah. Mandarin, you know, or Cantonese, whatever version it is. Uh, but it's him doing the the battle cries. You know, he's he's making that noise too. But but I mean, the point is with these films, a lot of times these guys wouldn't loop their own voices in, and they wouldn't shoot it with sound because it was so noisy in Hong Kong. And yeah, so you know, I noticed in this film, it's the first time I've noticed this out of all the ones we've done. Samo must have been popular enough, or maybe it was just the fact of where they were filming, but you could tell the camera camera was in a certain position because people were starting to crowd around. They knew a film was being made. Yeah, yeah, I that. noticed that too on the street, and they and they just wouldn't really care. They just <laughs> let it play. Right. Well, he actually, this was only his second or third film as a director. This it might have been you know because the same year he did Warriors too. Okay, but it was. Um, 
But I, I don't think he probably was really as well known at this point just because he was kind of a bit player. But, you know, they were probably just there because it was like somebody was filming something. Yeah, it's like it's a movie. Come on. Yeah. Maybe we can get in there. <laughs> All right. Well, I want to hear uh, what was your favorite scene? Uh, actually, my favorite scene in the movie is is the fight he does um, at the end of the film. Oh, because yeah. just be, you know, it's when he when he's um, the the very the very final fight. You're when, talking about with Beardy, as I told you. Yeah, he's right, called. with Beardy, exactly. Because what happens in that fight that I like so much is that he um, he he's he's been doing this sort of Bruce imitation through the whole film, and then here he kind of drops back into a little bit of his hybrid sort of. Uh, like animal traditional style when he's fighting him with the weapons, mm -hmm. but he's still kind of making it Bruce, you know, and it's, so, so it's kind of a really well done fight scene in the movie and just their, their, uh, you know, their choreography together is really good. It's just kind of a, it's just kind of a fun scene to watch. Yeah, it was brilliant. The way they let it up, um, or sorry, the way they led up to it is uh, they had him fight the American, you know, the white guy. And then they had him fight the black dude. Well, they had the, the he fought the quote unquote black dude. Oh, sorry, <laughs> sorry. Yeah, right. Black guy was first, <laughs> right? Which he was obviously Which, like Chinese. What? Well, that's Lee Hoi Song. You know, you you've, <laughs> you'll recognize him. He was actually in um, Tower of Death. He's the guy that fought um, fought Tong Lung. You know, before uh, Kim Tai Jung, before oh. he ends up. He's got the he's got the the um, the staff, and he was fighting him in that room. So, anyways, he's he's done a million films. He's oh, around, but that's funny. Yeah. Okay. So but yeah. So then fight him, fights him, and then the then yeah. the white guy, and it was interesting because those fights were good. But um, when it got to your favorite part, he's like, "Oh, kung fu! I know kung fu!" And he got really excited to fight Beardy, and yeah, yeah. that was a great fight. Yeah, and I, I know people. They, it's funny at that time. It wasn't just. It was just. It would still be considered hilarious to have a you know a Chinese put on blackface and and you know. <laughs> I mean, you never get away with it today, but no it, at that way. time, you know, and they probably would have probably. I maybe they, my guess is that they they most were trying. I mean, they clearly are going. Well, yeah, he's got a white guy, he's got a black guy, and a Chinese guy. Like they were trying to set up this sort of colorful menagerie of bodyguards, but they probably just didn't have somebody, an African-American around at the time that could fight. So they said, well, let's just throw Lee into some blackface. We'll be good. <laughs> yeah, totally. We can't get Ron Van Cleef. He's too, too expensive. Uh, yeah. All right. <laughs> um, okay. Well, my, what, what was, now what was your favorite scene? You're going to love this. Cause it's not, uh, a scene of action it was the one place where i was just like what the fuck? i was laughing out loud okay so the situation is along is i don't know not doing what he should be doing like i think he's supposed to be going to pick up food or let off food but he stops and he sees this guy selling sunglasses and oh, yeah. he wants so badly to be bruce lee so he puts on the first pair and he, there's this picture of bruce lee behind him and he asks the sunglass seller he says hey do I look like him? And the sunglass seller, he kind of looks back. And there's a picture of a big fat pig wearing sunglasses. And that's he, what he sees. He says, uh, no, I don't think you do. And he takes them off and he finds some other sunglasses and he had the perfect Bruce Lee sunglasses. And he puts those on. And, you know, I can admit he looked a little like Bruce Lee at that point. He asks him again. And he again looks up at the fucking pig in the sunglasses. And finally, like, he's like, uh, you know, thinking he's going to lose the sale. He's like, yeah, yeah, you totally now you look like him. <laughs> you totally yep. look like that. And yeah, so, that was, yeah, Fung Ging Man, he was, he was in, um, God, he's been in a thousand movies, but he was in Bruce Lee, The Man, The Myth also. So, 
Yeah, that was uh, yeah, that was a funny scene. Oh god, that killed me. Well then, what about? How did you think about the whole idea when he gets brought onto the set and he gets to fight the Bruce Lee imitator? Oh my God! That okay? Can I reverse? That is the best scene in this movie. No, I just love that scene so much. The guy's so cocky, and you know it's like making fun of like uh, Bruce Lee, right? Because he almost looked like Bruce Lee, like, and he's just so arrogant and small compared to our hero. And yeah, that was beautiful. Well, and at this point, it's it's 19, you know, they're probably shooting this around 1977 or it came out in 78, but somewhere in between there. So at this point, this imitating thing was just starting to really, you know, probably take some footing. So it was an ideal time probably to pop in and, and, and make fun of it. And and you have that moment at the end once he's he's this is that great fight sequence they do in there. And then he's got him on the ground and. Um, he's, he looks at him and he says, you know, try harder if you want to imitate him. And then he's like, he was my hero, you know, and, and the music that kicks in at this point, if you, if you know Bruce's way of the dragon, it's a direct, uh, redo of way of the dragon. Yeah. It's not an actual piece from the soundtrack. It's somebody else doing the same, same piece. So it's, it's, uh, it's pretty funny. All right. Do you have a second favorite you want to throw at me? All right. Second favorite. Let's hear it. I know you got one. Oh, I have one. My, it's the it's the stupid drunken master scene. I loved it. First off, they make all these weird jokes about, um, you know, out, the way alcohol sounds like. First, it's uh, I want some gin. And I think it had something to do oh, with the party. Yeah. Yeah. But he thinks he's asked, saying he wants jeans or, you know, pants. He's like, I, right. I, I could give you my shirt. You know, it was like really ridiculous. <laughs> but at one point, his best buddy, he's like, well, He's looking for rum. He's like, rum? Like, get, it, mistake that too. He's like, just go and taste them and bring me the one that's the strongest. <laughs> so, that's right. So he comes back and he's just trashed. And it lasts long enough, he gets to he gets to fight Drunken, which I just thought was funny. And he was just as good. And I just thought that was delicious. Yeah. <laughs> well, another thing that's interesting about this film is, in, in, is like when I think about Bruce exploitation films one of the things that had particularly at the time attracts people to the film even when it's not outward sort of Bruce exploitation advertising whatever is how connections to bruce lee flourish through the film you know we all you know we i mean clearly when somebody passes away we we as human beings have obsessions with people dying you know people that how they be you basically become a legend when you you pass like let's be honest if bruce lee had lived to now like let's say he was you know like jackie chan or chuck norris he'd still be great and it would be it would have been awesome we would have gotten all these other movies but tr- truthfully he probably would not have been anywhere near the legend or the fame that he has from passing away at the age that he did yeah so when when you watch some of these films, there's, you know, I think part of the, the attraction we have is knowing that many of these people that that are in these films are were recently crossing paths with him in some fashion or another, you know, right. and Sam, like, for instance, you know, in this we've got we've got Samuel Hung, but we also have Roy Chow, who was the if who played the monk in Enter the Dragon. So both Samo and Roy were at the Shaolin Temple at the beginning of Enter the Dragon since he's the, he was the opponent and right. and Roy was the teacher. But, for instance, another connection, and the reason I'm having this discussion is because the, there are several connections to Bruce Lee in this this film, and one of them is the guy, the, the second uncle, the, the uncle that runs the the restaurant that Samuel works at. His right. name's Fung Fung. Now, Fung Fung, you notice his face is all messed up because when he was when he was younger, some he had an a, a, apparently it happened on a piece of exercise equipment. I don't know what it was, but he had like an accident, and he because he was a leading actor, and he would 
Um, I mean, he was pretty young at the time. And um, but he directed and actually acted in The Kid, which was one of Bruce Lee's first films that he did as a child before he came to America. So Fung Fung was the director of Bruce Lee in a film when he was a kid. And um, Fung Fung's son, one of his sons, is Fung Hawk. Fung, Fung Hawk. Fung Hawk On, I think is how they pronounce it. He's the guy who's the one of the two thugs that tries to get the, the friend of Samos to paint the painting. And then he's sitting outside the car while Samos destroying yeah. it. Well, that's his son in real life. Oh, no kidding. He, who was also assisting Sammo on the um, on the action side of this? So, you know, there is all these there are, and you know, this like I said, being seventy eight, so it's like five years since you know Bruce Lee had passed away. So there's a number of people that were working with him at the time, or knew him in some fashion or another, like you know, Yoon Bu and and uh, the rest of them. So that's another thing about this film that's kind of I think attractive to people that are into Bruce Lee, or you know, like I said, well, I, I know, and we talked about this. Part of the reason I got pulled into Bruce exploitation because as a kid. You either thought it was a Bruce Lee movie or, you know, I would go to it thinking, well, I, I know Bruce Lee isn't in this, but there's going to be one of the other actors, Bolo or whoever, or, you know, Han or, you know, one of these guys that was in, um, you know, some other film of his. So there was this sort of vicarious living through these films you would do at times. And um, I think, you know, I think that aspect of it was clear, clear to Samo when he was doing it, because this whole film feels like that to me. Yeah, I know what you mean. Uh, I feel like uh, we've talked about this a bunch of times, but I'm just going to say it again. It's it, it was a it was a product of the time that the world wasn't so big yet, and there was never anybody that was like Bruce Lee, and it it meant that he passed, and everybody's like, "What the fuck are we going to do now?" So some people, I feel like they were just trying to come in and take advantage of it, but most people were really just trying to keep it alive and it could never happen again it could never happen the same way and i think that's really interesting that so many of these people who knew him directly would be a part of this kind of thing and and you see it in a lot of them right this guy was in two of his movies this guy was in another movie but also it's something that um it was such a source of pride for them bruce lee was like them getting recognized by the world as relevant and important and suddenly he dies yeah yeah, exactly. And 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 again, I, I think, um, you know, because Sammo is just so good about his um, his interpretation and his, you know, like he plays this sort of bumbling character that's just loves Bruce Lee and he's just trying to defend him through the whole movie, you know, and it's just uh, um, without, without it trying to be like, I am, I'm making fun of the fact that I want to be him, you know? Right. Yeah. One thing yeah. I love about this is every time Sammo Hung fights, he does. He's like authentic. He's really fighting and doing a good job. You'd expect it. I would. I expected it to kind of be like more jokey. Like he's he wants to be Bruce Lee, but he's fat and he gets his ass kicked all the time. And we've seen that in other things. I don't know what right off the top of my head, but it's it's not fun. Um, and when I first saw the trailer, actually, the piece I saw was him beating up the Bruce Lee clone on the set of the movie, and I just right. Thought, Oh my God, that is the good stuff. Yeah, and the other thing about Sammo as a filmmaker in this, it, it, again, it's a real rough movie at times, and you know, it's it goes through its you know typical sort of paces of where it's a probably rushed filmmaking, but he's got a um, an interesting way of of having inventive um, 
camera work where, for instance, like and, and not to compare it to this, but there is there's a similarity with Spielberg that does this a lot with his work where, you know, Spielberg will, for instance, he's I mean, he's fantastic. Watch Jaws. You see it done all the time. Like he'll have a camera set up that you're following a certain action and within the same setup, I mean, the camera's not cutting or anything, which is kind of the modern way to do it, is just keep cutting all the time. But he'll move the camera slightly. It turns it in from, you know, a, a three shot into a two shot. Then with a slight adjustment of the camera and a movement of the actors, it turns into another one shot. And then something passes through frame and then the camera follows whatever passes through frame. And it takes it into another another scene yeah. or, you know, however. And Samuel does that in this film. You watch a number of times like he'll be having a conversation in a restaurant and then as he moves moves out then the camera goes with him and then boom somebody else is walking in and the camera just swoops with the new people moving into the restaurant and he does that a number of times more eloquently throughout the the film i feel like there is an you know you can start to see his budding filmmaking sense coming through like he wasn't just trying to throw this away no the biggest problems in this um it's i i can only think of two off the top of my head and it's when they try to be too funny so there's a part where he's um he's vandalizing a car and they play this terrible music and it goes on way, way too long. Yeah. Like it goes on for like four minutes of music playing as Samo slowly builds upon like the different kinds of vandalism that he's doing to the car. It's terrible. It's a terrible scene. It's like, you just want to jump past it. And once you do cool, it's over. Um, yeah. The other one was him chasing the cab. Right. At the end of the, when he's good. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, okay, he's chasing the cab, but it really went on a long time. He's on a bike. He's running. It had a good payoff that he finally gets into the cab when it stopped, and his buddy gets out, and he's like, dude, get the fuck out. All you had to do was sit here. It was pretty funny. But Well, you can see the the um, evolution of him. Did you see um, Petty Cab Driver? Yes. You know, and you watch him in that film, for instance, and you can sort of see the evolution of how he knows how to to yeah. not beat the humor up too much. <laughs> right. You know, I think at that time, you know, they were like, hey, we got a car. We're going to get to destroy. It. Let's just film this all day <laughs> long, you know, so oh that's kind of what You're right. That's what yeah. it was. It was a budget thing. They're like, all right, we got this brand new car and we get to destroy it. Well, all right. So let's set up the cameras. But but on the on the the good side of that, I think that that was the other thing I was going to point out about his humor with this is that he has he was able to sometimes turn little nothing things into things that were were funny. Like he would make use of a moment, you know, like like you pointed out, I overextended it. But there are times where, for instance, you know, like he just walks up and a guy goes turns to say scream out something at him and it's like right in his ear. And he's just like, hey, oh, that was really funny. <laughs> or or when he meets the two cops, remember, he's trying to talk him into coming in to gamble or whatever. And they, and they and they pull out their cards and they go really fast every time. And he's like, why are you so moving him so fast? And they do it a third time and he grabs them both out of his hands. And, that, you know, I mean, that there's these little moments that he takes sometimes and, and makes it kind of funny. Truly, I mean, truly joyous. Yeah. Yeah. They and were I'm sure, really funny. And I'm yeah. Or the how about the banana thing on the bus? <laughs> which bananas, you know? Oh, there's some trivia around that, um, I guess. Oh, I, I lost it, but you may be able to tell me. The guy who's announcing the horses is somebody in this film. Um, oh, the voice, you mean? Yeah, or the... yeah. Huh. yeah, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Ah, okay, right. well, that's uh, well, new to me. All right, guys, look that one up. But yeah, it showed up in some trivia thing, but I thought that was really funny. That That's kind of why they put it in there, is that it was somebody famous voice. and But it meant for, that was actually a really funny scene. 
uh, the bus uh, bus driver is listening to horse racing, and he's sort of hunched over his steering wheel like he's on a horse itself, and he just keeps slamming on the brakes, making everybody slam into each other, and eventually somebody grabs backwards uh, towards uh, Ah Long, and uh, they get a nice grasp of his banana. His his real banana, not the not the uh, analogy. <laughs> hey, I never said analogy. <laughs> okay, got it. <laughs> oh, that was awesome. Um, all right. So, Bruceisms. I have a a list. Are oh you... man, yeah. yeah, I bet you do. Let's hear them. Yeah, this is a big one. Okay, so of course, cat sounds, as I call them. <laughs> hey, that's pretty good. Yeah, the Bruce Lee grin. It's the kind of side turn and a. Uh, nose thumbing throughout this entire film. The sunglasses in one of my favorite scenes. Ooh, he did something in this one that I don't know. I haven't seen a lot yet, but I love it. It's uh, the silent Bruce Lee where he points, you know, finger in the air. Point at this guy. Point at this guy. Come close to me. I, I called it finger pointing. Well, no, and, and you're, you're right. And that's kind of what I was saying earlier is there are some... You, you know, we talk about like when we watch Bruce Lee, we watch Bruce Lee, Dragon Lee, you know, they like we there are some real heavy tropes that they they always do. It's like these lists of three or four that that Bruce Lee himself might have done several times in some in in multiple movies, like the tasting of blood. He yeah. does it in the big boss and he does it in the dragon, you know, so you've got these things that everybody's clearly seen a million times. But Samo, particularly from Way of the Dragon, which you can if you've seen that film as many times as I have, you'll you'll see them like just the the slightest body language where, where for instance when he's fighting at the end the, they're having the with the three guys i think it's when he's fighting the the white boxer he does a number of things in that particular fight sequence that mimic lee body body you know position 100 percent when he's fighting like he falls on the ground he puts his fist up almost like stop you know and he does this yeah. thing and gets back up and it's 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 really weird if you watch that fight with chuck norris go back and watch that a number of times you'll be pretty surprised how the littlest of of movement he does so well you know yeah in this case he was um fighting against two people who had uh, stolen a purse and it was really good. Just like you said, um, it, it yeah, felt... Yeah, in the alley. Yeah, yeah it, or felt, it felt just alley, like yeah. that. And, you know, they were like, what the hell? And they just got their ass, asses kicked. It was pretty freaking awesome. Um, okay, <clears> so <throat> with that, uh, Nunchakus, of course. Uh, he did the hair grab and blow, which is always... Oh, the hair, yes, off the chest of the, <laughs> the black, quote-unquote, black man. Yeah, exactly. Okay, right. so I thought maybe this is a stretch... But uh, restaurant work and occasional destruction, that's Way of the Dragon. But it's also, um, oh, not Bruce Lee, the man, the myth, the other uh, biopic um, that was that we watched with the little girl. Oh, yeah. Bruce, Deadly Kung Fu. Yeah, Bruce, yeah exactly. Um, so maybe... Your favorite little girl. <laughs> yeah, my favorite. Uh, maybe that's a stretch, but it just keeps happening. So, I mean, I don't think Bruce could ever keep a job. <laughs> It's just too destructive. He is. Yeah. Uh, oh, and I wanted to say uh, in this, another way of the dragon moment <clears throat> was the um, the white guy that looked like Roy in the restaurant saying. Oh, uh, Roy Horan. Yeah. Yeah, he looked, he's, he, yeah, he, yeah. Yeah. He looked like Roy Horan, but he says um, Chinese Kung Fu sucks or whatever. And they go outside and he gets his ass kicked. So. Well, yeah. And again, they, they, he, what he does there, which is what, 
Lee did in Way of the Dragon is he could have made it where the white guys talk Chinese and everybody understands each other, but he's got to keep looking at the what's he say? What are they saying? Because he, right. he knows that that's what's going to play the humor where he's going to come up, grab their thumbs, turn their hands up and communicate instead of verbally communicate with the body language, you know, which makes it, you know, much funnier. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, all right. Well, final thoughts. And, and, and just so you, yeah, well, I was going to say this with, you know, again, we've got as a final thought on this, you know, it's, it's, um, you know, this is a film that like you mentioned that Samo had directed, he was also doing the action and, and keeping in mind that this was the same year that he was also working on, um, game of death. So at, I don't know if, you know, it's hard to say if it was right before or right after, but this was that same year where he was trying to turn, you know, Tang Long or Kim Tai Jong into, into Bruce Lee for that film, you know, and, and so he, and then he, on the other hand, has got to come across to make Bob Wall look good mm -hmm. as, as a, as not, as not quite as a good of a fighter when he's fighting Bob Wall in the ring in that film. So yeah, then he's yeah. got, he's got this film here that he's doing for the Chinese audience, clearly where he's going to, you know, make himself look a lot better, even if it's, if it's in a humorous way. <laughs> um, I think it's a, it's a, it's a, like I said, I saw this early on, um, you know, in a, in a, in San Francisco. And when I went in, I just the fact that I went in just because it was called Enter the Fat Dragon. And I kind of was as a kid was almost hoping it was going to be a, a comedic remake like Kentucky, you know, Kentucky Fried movie was, right. of, you know, where. And of course, it went in a total different direction. But it was by the time I'm out of there, I was, you know, sold on the movie and, and, and got all its little uh, jokes and, you know, the references and felt the reverence that he had for for Bruce Lee in this. And so. Um, I mean, it's a good film, you know, to, to point people towards. But the problem is you can't say it's a, a, an example of of the rest of Bruceploitation. You know, the closest thing you get is The Dragon Lives Again, which we, you know, we did before. Um, but even that film, you know, pales in comparison. It's a, it's a comedy and it deals with a Bruce Lee imitator. But this film, I think, is not, not only one of the better Bruceploitation when you stick it in that category, but it also, you know, probably gets in in high regard for many of the just comedies, kung fu comedies in general. Yeah, yeah, I feel like uh, you're right. This is a exploitation film for somebody who's watched a lot and just you know wants wants a little something different. You know, not as far as uh, the Dragon Lives Again, um, <laughs> but or Clones, which I still haven't seen yet. But yeah, you know, it, it's fun, but it also doesn't have that level of. I'm really happy is all I need to say is uh, the first one I think I ever saw was the man, the myth, and that was fan freaking tastic. And to see like tower of death and um, more serious takes on it. Uh, I don't know that led to this point. I feel like I've, I've done them in a good order that I could really appreciate this where if this were my first, I may have been like, are all exploitation films just, you know, madness. Right. <laughs> right. And they're not that they're not at all. But this one, I feel like it does continue the the vein we've been going down of staying true to we love you, Bruce Lee. And here's a tribute to you. 
Good point. And that's what this is. I think uh, I think most people feel that way. And, and uh, so, yeah, it's a fun film. I, you know, I always liked it. I mean, once I saw it the first time as a kid, I didn't probably see it again for another like 15 years. So uh, to, to me, it's you know, it stands out and it's, it's a lot of it's still a lot of fun, even with its <laughs> some of its sort of outdated humor. And <laughs> like you said, over sort of overdone humor. It's uh, it's it's still a lot of fun to watch Sam will get in there and do that. Totally. Well, what's next for us? Well, you know, I was kind of tossing back and forth between two things. Um, one, uh, I, and I was trying to decide if we should go for another um, another Bruce exploitation actor that we, you have yet to see. Um, and I thought, well, maybe that would be the best thing since we've almost covered everybody at this point. And we, we haven't started repeating too much yet. So with the beginning. So I thought if you're up for kind of a one-timer, he was sort of a one-timer, but it's uh, it's definitely a good film. It's called The Growling Tiger or The Black Dragon versus The Yellow Tiger. Um, and it's the really the only sequel that was made to Way of the Dragon. Oh, I'm excited. And it's, it's uh, yeah, it's, it, there's the, the prints that exist online on it are, are not good. They're not great. So but you're going to have to kind of bear with that. Um, but I think it would be a, a fun film for you to see. And Tong Lung, who's the uh, the actor in it, is just going to have you rolling. Yeah. I think he's just hilarious to watch, man. He's like a he's kind of like a Dragon Lee on steroids. So it's it's good. I think it'll be a fun one to watch. It's a oh. weird one, but it's a good one. I am very excited. So we're telling you guys that um, as well. Don't be shy. Give us a call. 424-257-0344. And uh, yeah, if you're you watch it as well and uh, send us some messages of what you thought of it. And uh, we'll talk about that uh, when we go to record it. So, you know, guys, uh, I gave you the phone number, but also, you know, you can go out to screenmayhem.com or you can go to the clonescast.com or frankly, you can ping the clones of Bruce Lee. Is that your Twitter, Michael? There's uh well there is an account they can find uh <laughs> yeah Bruce yeah yeah Bruce you can Lee find Clark. us look yeah for... <laughs> they're on there yes they'll you get to me somehow. you don't have to call us you can you can send us messages uh Marco uh this is his second message uh Marco from Germany he wanted Marco's to... back Marco is back Marco wants to know he says hi guys here's Marco from Germany again thanks that you answered my last question I now have another question Bruce Lai Bruce Lay Bruce Ling, Long, makes some films in their career with no connection to the Bruce exploitation genre. Bruce Leung was part of only one Bruce exploitation movie, The Dragon Lives Again. What a great movie. I love that <laughs> It movie. is great. Okay, in, in his other movies, like Hong Kong Superman and My Kung Fu 12 Kicks, he plays his own characters. The only connection to the Bruce exploitation genre is that he uses in all of his films the pseudonym Bruce Lung. Bruce Lai acted in films like The Gold Connection or The Chinese Stuntman, and of course Bruce Lai in Return of the Red Tiger, Challenge of the Tiger, and Black Spot. In these films, they play totally different characters and not Bruce clones. Do you count these movies to be Bruce exploitation genre movies? Uh, you know, I think. Here's the thing. Bruce exploitation is not always about the actor playing Bruce Lee. Sometimes it's about the selling of the movie. Sometimes it's the storyline. I think there are levels of Bruce exploitation. Some are, are clear. There are people that argue that Dragon and Bruce Lee's story, the Jason Scott Lee movie from 1992, is Bruce exploitation. I, I, 
I tend to find that that you know there are some times where they're literally making a movie that is just to you know there's a movie that came out recently called Birth of the Dragon whether you like it or don't like it about Bruce Lee you wouldn't call it Bruce Bloitation per se you know it's a clearly a movie that's a biography um so I think there are levels and degradations of being a Bruce Ploitation film. For instance, with Bruce Lung, he did The Dragon Lives Again was clearly this very sold-on Bruce Lee kind of a movie. But if you watch a film, he did like Little Godfather from Hong Kong, which is, uh, in my my mind, Bruce Ploitation as well, just on a smaller level, it deals with, it's very much like uh, a Way of the Dragon spinoff mm. mixed with, Bruce Lee's biography about this actor is this, you know comes to, to the Rome to deal with this this murder and there's there's all these elements in the film that replicate Way of the Dragon whether it's you know the the cats in the Roman Colosseum or anything that they can do to kind of have these little throwbacks to make you think about Bruce Lee or make you reminiscent about Bruce Lee or to sort of maybe indicate to particularly an unsuspecting audience that there's something about Bruce Lee going on here. So there are degrees like, like even films like the tattoo connection, which is, you know, Bruce, Bruce Long was the fight choreographer on Lee Sonam directed it. Jim Kelly was in it. Isn't on a, a, a large scale Bruce exploitation, like, you know, uh, the real Bruce Lee or something, but there are again, elements in the film that are, are com- clearly being sold on the Bruce Lee idea, you know, tattoo connections, like the Chinese connection, you know, so I'm always careful about, you know, not pegging everything that Bruce Lee or Bruce Lee does as Bruce Ploitation, because he's right that there's a point where they were kind of moving on. Even Dragon Lee tried a little bit to, in the 90s to go on and do these gangster kind of films that he did. I wouldn't necessarily say they were Bruce Ploitation either. So, well, you know, we, we will talk about them, you know, but some of the the looser ones. I think Little Godfather from Hong Kong would be a great one to talk about, even though it's not a real hitch over the head, hard Bruce exploitation. But the way Bruce Long is portrays his character in it, and all the uh, references you'll even recognize from some of Bruce Lee's movies are there. Nice. I would throw out. Um, I read something recently, probably as part of research for these podcasts. But Bruce Lai, in particular, didn't want to stay with Bruce Lai. He wanted his real name back. And the the studios wouldn't let him do it. They're like, no. Well, sometimes, yeah, you're right. I mean, if you want, if you see some of the Chinese uh, releases of some of his posters, I've got about you know, uh, probably about a, tw- a fifteen to twenty of his original posters, and and many of them they'll actually have his name on his Ho nice. Zhongdao on the on the you know on the posters. But it, there was, you're right. I mean, when I would come over to the U.S., most of the time it was Bruce Lai, and, right. and a lot of times there it was Bruce Lai I mean, as well. You get the pseudonym going and. It's tough to say, oh, you know Bruce Lai. He's also known as this. And now you need to embrace his real name, which I frankly isn't as accessible maybe in English as Bruce Lai is. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. Uh, thank you again, Michael. This was awesome. You're, thank you, my man. Yeah, um, I'm looking forward to the next one. And thanks, everybody, for listening. Until next time. Okay. All right, until next time, going down Memory Lane. <laughs> memory Lane. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, let me send you out to the final moments of Enter the Fat Dragon. What are you going to do now? Nothing much. I don't like Hong Kong, and it doesn't like me. I reckon I'll go home and help feed the pigs. Hello? Now... Whatever you decide to do, use your head. Don't go looking for any trouble. Don't you worry. The pigs do what I say. They'll give me no trouble.
Suicide. 